Welcome to Fratello on Air. This is Mike Stockton. This is Robert Jan Broer. This is uh, this is the first episode of Fratello on Air, a new podcast coming to you from a couple members of the Fratello team, and we're recording this on a Sunday evening. We'll just go ahead and say it now. Give us some time to get this uh, all in order because we're new at this, but we're excited uh, excited to talk to you about watches and. And whatever uh, whatever comes up. So, Robert John, do you want to say a couple words? Yes, I want to uh, to welcome you to our uh, new channel. We also uh, thought long and hard uh, about a name for it, and uh, we came up with uh, Fratello on Air. We try to do this uh, once every two weeks to discuss uh, the watch industry, watches, what uh, what keeps us busy. Perhaps we could have an occasional guest in here as well. What do you think? Sure, absolutely. And as you'll see, uh, we'll, we'll try to end the show all the time, just uh, giving you a reminder how to get in touch with us. But we'll uh, we'll do that right on the front end here today. But info at fratellowatches.com. So if you have questions for us or you think you've got an interesting story uh, that you would like to share with, with our readers and listeners, let us know. And yeah, we'll we'll take a look and Perhaps you'll be on the air as well. Yeah, yeah. We will uh, make sure to put the address, uh, contact address, uh, um, in the show notes, in the text as well, in the in the footnotes uh, of this uh, recording. Yeah. So I think um, what we're going to try to do every couple of weeks is come up with with a topic for discussion, and you know that's going to be everything from specific watches to some discussions about the industry, hopefully giving you a little bit of an inside look at what we see and what we, what we work with um, on a day-to-day basis here as it relates to watches. And we'll always kick the show off with what's on our wrist right now. And Robert John, why don't you, uh, why don't you start us off? What's on your wrist? Well, today in the Netherlands, uh, I know it's, I think it's different everywhere, but today in the Netherlands, it's Father's Day. I did just, I decided to wear my watch that I got for, from my first Father's Day uh, six years ago, uh, officially from my daughter, but I guess my wife had something to do with it as well. It's a Speedmaster 57 uh, re-edition. It was then, back then, I think in 97, they, they introduced it, or 98 from the top of my head. It's a Speedmaster in a normal Moonwatch case, but with a... Speedmaster only dial, applied logo, and broad arrow hands, and a steel uh, bezel. So it looks a bit like the first uh, CK2915 uh, uh, watch. And uh, yeah, I thought it was a good uh, good day uh, to, to pick that one and, and wear it on this uh, special Father's Day. So uh, that's, oh, that's what cool. I'm wearing today. Yeah, that's and cool. You? I mean, you don't you don't see those too often anymore. And I, I, I mean, I remember when they came out, and yep. it's kind of a... Looking back, it's kind of a unique watch, especially considering since that time they've come out with so many cases that are far more in keeping with the original models. So this is really kind yeah. of an interesting hybrid. So, yeah, I think at the time they uh, they they did the best they could, and perhaps they were not that uh, focused on uh, having all details correct, and uh, uh, not perhaps also not able to uh, to uh, to cre- to recreate a smaller cases so with uh, uh, straight locks and no crown guards yeah I mean, and uh it's clear there yes. were clear there were fans of speedmasters then but not like today probably 
No, I, I don't think so either. And uh, no, it's a fun watch and you don't see them that often. It was uh, in production for only a few years, I think till 2003, if I'm not mistaken. And um, you had it came with either a stainless steel bracelet or a brown strap. It came with different boxes. I think before the 2000s, it came with a, a black leather box and after, afterwards with a, with a red leather box. And um, it's one of these, these watches that you can still find cheap in the pre-owned market it's i think it's one of the cheapest hand-wound speedmasters you can 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 find it's uh probably just over two thousand euros you can you can find one in in decent condition if you have one complete with everything there in in good condition you perhaps pay a bit more but uh yeah it's a fun watch and um compared to the standard moon watch it uh, it's really something different it uh perhaps it's it it, yeah it uh, shines a bit more due to the broad arrow hands and the applied logo and the steel bezel I think it's a fun uh, variation on the on the regular Moonwatch. Yeah, very, very good. I mean, you're, you're right for the value out there. There's there's little out there today that that can touch that in terms of Speedmasters that are 20 years old and manually wound. So it's a nice alternative for anyone looking to get into the get into the Speedmaster hobby. So yeah, true, exactly. And you, what about yourself? So I'm. Yeah, I, you had a much better story as to why you're wearing what you're wearing, and I don't have a good story, even though it is most definitely Father's Day in the United States where I'm from. I don't know in Germany. I don't think so. I think that was like a couple weeks ago. Um, but I am wearing a what is a full auto Orient King Diver, which is a Orient from the 1960s, and it's a kind of this big 42 millimeter looks like a super compressor case, you know, with, uh, with two crowns. Um, yeah. but it is really a sheep and wolf's clothing. I think this thing probably has about 40 meters of water resistance. So it looks the part, but in any case, yeah, I got a little bit of a shipment the other day of some, some Japanese watches and I'm still kind of cycling through them and, no, oh, it's 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 great stuff. I mean, as you know, I'm pretty pretty addicted to vintage Japanese watches, no matter their brand, and this is just a, a nice example. So cool. I think you posted it today on your Instagram, right? I did. Yeah, I did. I've yeah. I'm, I'm like I said, I I received several of uh, several watches, and um, I feel like a. Uh, a person at a debutante ball because I'm changing my watch every two or three hours to, to, to try one of, one of the new ones that arrived. So, wow. Yeah. But that's what's on right now. So, yeah, cool. So if you want to see it, go to Mike's uh, Instagram account, which is at uh, Mike in Frankfurt. Yeah. And if, uh, I don't know, did you post yours today? Uh, I posted mine on an Instagram story. It's at RJ Brewer, B-R-O-E-R. And um, I think I posted it there. Yeah, I did. Yeah, there you go. So that's our. Yeah. Those are our Instagram yeah. accounts. If you're if you're interested. Yeah. So let's um, let's move on to the topic at hand, and I think it's a it's a fitting one. And certainly, while we cover watches from every brand, um, we're pretty well known for our coverage of Omega and certainly the Speedmaster and. As our site does every Tuesday, we talk about the Speedmaster, and we've obviously been giving a lot of coverage to this year being the 50th anniversary of the moon landing, uh, which was yeah. the Apollo 11 mission. And 
going into this year, I mean, as I like to say, I think it's probably been for the last two years, people have been speculating about what Omega would do regarding this uh, historic year. And we've seen a couple watches now to celebrate uh, the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. And we thought we would just take take some time to talk about those watches. I mean, we've certainly covered them deeply on our site, but I thought it might be interesting to hear kind of on the, on the waves, um, what we think about these two watches and, you know, Robert John, I'll, I'll let you, let you kick it off and, and we'll do this in reverse order. We'll actually start with the newest one first, because I think it's the one that, you know, a lot of people are still talking about, but, uh, let's talk a little bit yeah. about the steel, the steel model that was released not long ago. Yeah. So the steel model was released in, uh, uh at the time to move event in, um, in Beale, the time to move event is uh, Swatch Group's alternative for Baselworld. So where normally in Baselworld in March, uh, Omega showed their uh, their latest watches. Um, as you know, uh, Swatch Group uh, bailed out of uh, Baselworld due to costs and all sorts of other things that we, I think, discussed in length on uh, Fratello watches. Um, so this year they had their alternative called Time to Move and it was held in, uh, in May. And uh, there is where Omega introduced their uh, Speedmaster Apollo 11 in steel f- uh, to the press. Um, there were w- were already some rumors, I think, uh, because um, during the Basel World uh, uh, show in March, um, there was another time to move event, but it was for uh, retailers only. So already Omega retailers and boutiques uh, saw the, the novelties there. And I think... Uh, here and there, people couldn't keep their mouth shut, basically. <laughs> and they already told some uh, of their best customers, perhaps, to uh, that what was coming. Um, but there were no pictures. There was nothing around. So they just had to to describe the watch as good as possible without bringing themselves uh, into uh, any uh, trouble or issue. And um, so it was already known that it would be gold and steel. So people were a bit afraid that it would be like full bicolor 80s. But luckily, it was a bit more toned down. Uh, it's a steel watch, um, um, and it has some gold elements. And the gold elements are in uh, moonshine gold, as Omega calls it. Um, it's a funny name when you but, think about it, right? <laughs> it's a funny name, and I think they, they. I asked, and they are aware of moonshine, of course. Um, what I heard, but I don't have it confirmed, is that um, um, moonlight is uh, taken um so it's probably registered uh, as, a, as a brand somewhere um but i don't know if that's uh, if that's the truth or uh, um but yeah it's moonshine uh but it's more like a moonlight color <laughs> and uh it's their own uh um uh, gold uh, tone it's uh, it's yellow gold but it's a bit more pale um due to the amount of uh, palladium so it has it has some uh, some yeah so, some uh, uh uh, touches of, of of gold on the watch, like the bezel, and on the dial, and that's where I think mainly the the discussion is, uh, and whether people like it or not. The hands are made of gold, and there's uh, Buzz Aldrin stepping down the ladder uh, of the of the lunar module, and that's also in gold. And um, yeah, I think it's a neat watch, but it's typically a watch that you need to see in the flesh. It's very difficult to uh, to capture in. Uh, in, in, in pictures, um, I did a little Instagram story on that watch when I was in uh, uh, in May in the 
uh, at the time uh, to move event and um, again in Milan when we did our Speedy Tuesday event there and suddenly the people who saw it there also in Milan at the event uh, they were really kind of surprised that they didn't like it at first on the pictures or had their doubts at least and when they saw it in the flash tried it on their wrist they were um, yeah many of them were uh, uh, 180 degrees uh, uh, turned um, uh, with regards to the opinion of this watch and I have to say I really like it um the two-tone dial is nice i think the gold elements uh, are nice the the astronaut stepping down the ladder uh not per se for me but it's also not as as in your face as it looks when you see it on pictures it's like the snoopy watch that omega did in 2015 uh, people were some people were a bit bothered about the snoopy on the on the sub dial uh, but when you have it on the on the wrist i think it's 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 quite small and in the end with a distance, or perhaps it's my eyes could also be. But if if I wear it on the wrist, it's it doesn't uh, annoy me, or uh, it's 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 not, um, yeah, in any way uh, too much in your face. Um, but yeah, I like the new watch. I like the case that that comes with it, a big bl big black box with the the lander uh, in it where the where the watch is put on. Um, but I have to say, like you, Mike. Um, we both ordered the, 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 the full gold mm -hmm. Apollo 11s. Yep. Um, if I had not been able to order the full gold one, I think I, well, I think I probably with 100% certainty, I would have gone for the for the steel one. I think it's a neat watch. It's a, it's a cool watch if you collect Speedmasters, if you have the normal moon watch or some vintage moon watches already, I think it's a neat addition to a, to a collection. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And <clears throat> I mean, I've been, <laughs> I feel like I've been within such close proximity of this watch, but I've not seen it yet. Um, <laughs> you know, I missed the, uh, the event that was here in Frankfurt, unfortunately, and it was there that day, a few weeks back, but I wrote the article on it. I've seen the pictures and I mean, certainly being part of Fratello and being around Omegas for the last few years, you've really seen how they've stepped up their their game, as it were, in finishing and just just materials overall. So, strangely enough, I can picture this watch, and I can I can really see how in person it's got to be pretty impressive. I think that um, yeah, I, th I I think part of the let's call it controversy or maybe this is too strong a word disappointment around it was that I, I, I don't think it was possible for them to come up with a watch in steel that was going to make everyone happy. There were just so many different expectations, so many, I would say unreasonable expectations. If you really think about, you know, with the 321 being announced this year, people immediately jumped to that conclusion that that was going to go in a kind of a straight up reintroduction of the original moon watch, which I think you and I both know there would have been 50% of people out there who would have just complained loudly about how yeah. non-creative that was. So I think they had a pretty tough job to do. And my straight up response is I think the subdial with Buzz Aldrin coming down it's very much in line with what Omega has done in the past, whether it's the mission patch models or the Snoopy, like you said, only a few years ago. Um, 
if it were not on there, yeah, I think that watch is a, it's an absolute no brainer stunner. You know, it, it would pull in people who have never looked at a Speedmaster before. I think with that in there, it probably appeals more to the, you know, the watch nerd crowd that, that we, we know and, and get along with so well. So. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And, um, yeah, I, f- I, I fully agree. And I see it now uh, in front of me on the screen and I think it's a, it's a neat watch. And I think what makes this watch also very interesting is the, the new bracelet. Hmm. Uh, we didn't touch it yet, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, um, inspired on the reference, uh, 1039 bracelet that we will, uh, Perhaps I'm not sure when this uh, this podcast will go online, but uh, there's an article waiting to get published on uh, on that specific bracelet. Um, but it's inspired by the, the 1039 bracelet, and it's really really well done. Uh, I think you have it as well, the Speedmaster 57, the 60th anniversary from uh, 2017. Yes, yes. Yeah, um, that bracelet was already nice, but the the, the clasp was just a bit too. Thick. clunky it was thick and yeah. i think they absolutely fixed it with this uh, this steel bracelet um the clasp looks very similar to the one uh, of the gold version uh, which um which, which more it's sublime. yeah which perhaps more people already saw in the flesh and uh yeah so it's a really an awesome bracelet and what i also heard is that this bracelet from this apollo 11 in steel will not be available as spare part mm-hmm. so sorry to disappoint a lot of people including myself <laughs> is that this this bracelet is only for this watch um meaning perhaps in the future something similar will come out for the for the normal moon watch that would be nice. um this this steel uh, watch just like the the, the uh, full gold watch has a new movement the three eight six one um the one in the gold version has gold finishing uh it has a uh, uh, moonshine uh, gold plated parts um the one in the steel version doesn't uh, but it's also not visible so it has a, a closed case back with a moon boot print so you don't see the movement but the movement inside although it's the same caliber number has a different finish and um, I think it's a marvelous uh, movement. It's a very good move that they made it master chronometer. Uh, so it r- runs well within chronometer specs or master chronometer specs, which is uh, an average daily deviation from zero to five seconds. I don't care that much about about accuracy, but it's such a step up compared to the caliber 1861, which is in the current Moonwatch uh, model, which has a minus 10 and plus uh, 10 seconds uh, daily average. I don't know if it's very publicly communicated that this that it, it's, it has this uh, deviation, but this is what Omega uh, told me. Um, so I think that's nice. It, of course, it is it's, uh, anti-magnetic as well, the new movement. So I would be very keen to see when this movement will be used on a broader scale um and what it will do for the price basically of a normal moon watch yeah it's a really I guess <laughs> a yeah i watch. guess for omega the regular moon watch is 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 quite cheap i think here in europe it's 4.5 or 4.6 thousand yeah. euros I, including vat i just looked it and up i think comp- 46 yeah and comp- 46 yeah and comp- compared to the other watches from omega it's it's quite uh, uh on the low side um if you compare it to other brands, I think it's a it's a complete steal because what what to be really honest, you can buy a lot for that money. But what icon 
watch can you buy for this type of money? I saw that a Maurice Lacroix uh, uh, chronograph is, is just as much. But, mm. so, the, yeah. <laughs> so the, yeah, that's no competition really. Um, um, how much, uh, 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 how, how sympathetic the people perhaps are from Maurice Lacroix. I mean, it's very difficult to compete with a watch like this in this price category. So it's a super popular watch. I think it's one of the best sellers. I think worldwide best seller is probably the Seamaster, but I think in a lot of markets, the Speedmaster is really a good seller uh, as well. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see what the the, the 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 future will hold for the for the Moonwatch if they decide to to start to use this movement in the in the normal ones. Yeah, I'm um, I'm, I'm with you though on the movement. I and I think um, you know I may I may mention in in the write up for this watch that <clears throat> I thought that yeah we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the moon landing, but uh, I also saw it as Omega really showing how far they've come in the last 50 years. And I think this movement is a, is, is a, is, is a pure sign of that, you know, for them to, for them to announce a brand new movement, uh, in the Speedmaster professional and two limited edition watches, which look, they could have played it safe and put the 1861 in both of these watches. And I think that most people would not have batted an eyelash, but the fact that they did something a bit different is, I find it cool. I really do. It's 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 got a lot of allure to it, and yeah. they did something technical. So yeah, true. And and to get back to the to the initial question, or to to discuss the steel one and the gold one. If I hop over to the gold one, mm. um, as you know, I have the prototype. I was in uh, uh, Switzerland when it was uh, introduced uh, the week before Baselworld. It was a clever clever timing thing. Um, so they gave me a prototype um, to wear. Um, and I also wore it to Basel, and I think, of course, uh, uh, they know I love this watch, and I will wear it. And I, uh, um, I, I brought it with me to Basel World, and uh, I have to admit, I have been wearing that watch almost nonstop uh, <laughs> since then, so since March. And um, as I just mentioned, I, I'm not really a accuracy guy, uh, um, but since I wear it that often almost on a daily basis i can tell you it's very accurate even for the prototype the movement has been has been uh, regulated and it's master chronometer certified and it's it's really dead on so for a moon watch i think that's quite special um but besides the movement the gold one is just amazing and i'm super happy that uh, i'm able to 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 get it and um of course, we have our relationship with Omega, so we, we we can pull a few strings, perhaps. But even then, it's 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 a it's a lot of money. Uh, it's oh, the yeah. list is thirty two point eight in euros, so thirty two k uh, and eight hundred euros. And um, so I really, uh, yeah, it, it takes a deep hit on my uh, <laughs> my my financial resources for watches. So some stuff has to go. But I think it's it's really well worth it, and um, uh, for myself, and uh, I've been wanting to have the the, the original gold watch uh, from '69 for a long, long time. But they have become so expensive, and like I wrote in my in my in my article about this watch, and I did a comparison article between uh, the new one and the uh, the '69 one. I feel personally, but perhaps I, uh, I uh, yeah, I, I, it disturbs a lot of uh, purists. But it's the way I feel is that the new one is like. The Godfather Two movie. It's better than the first. <laughs> it's really amazing. the The color of the gold is super nice on my uh, relatively p- white, white pale skin. Uh, I'm Dutch. There's no sun here, so um, 
it does better on my skin. And um, yeah, I, I, the watch is just amazing. The dial is super nice. The, the Onyx markers are the same as the original. And it, of course, it has a new movement and it has a display back. And on the bezel of the display back, there's a little piece of lunar meteorite. Mm -hmm. So it's meteorite that was on the moon and it bounced off the moon when it had an impact from another meteorite. And uh, Omega found this meteorite and they used the parts that, that didn't contain any iron. And they uh, they sliced it and they put it into this uh, into these case bags and I think that really makes it special. I think that's a, a super nice additional thing to uh, to have uh, on this watch that you really have something that was on the moon. And uh, yeah, I, I love the gold one. And uh, I know you ordered one as well, Mike. So perhaps you can share some of your thoughts and feelings about that watch. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I wasn't going into this thinking that. Here I was going, you know, going to order a watch that's uh, north of thirty thousand euros, dollars, whatever currency you want to choose. Um, but uh, I saw it in, in person, and I was just knocked over. It, it's it's incredible. I mean, it certainly it certainly carries, as you mentioned, basically all of the design traits of the original. Which I think we can all just sit back and laugh because those watches were what, 10, 12, 14, $15,000 forever in a day. And they sat and sat and sat. <clears throat> but I think that it's a matter of probably back in those days, A, we didn't have that kind of money and B, we weren't really looking at gold so much. And uh, we, we joke that uh, when we hit 40, all of a sudden uh, gold became more attractive. But I, I think regardless of whether you're into gold or not, it is such a stunningly beautiful watch and I can't wait. I really, really can't wait. And, you know, I'm, I'm a detail person as well. And in addition to everything you mentioned about, you know, the meteorite, um, just the fact that they nailed this bracelet so completely because I, I really didn't want it to be a case of wanting the watch and taking something off of it you know, within a month or two, because it just wasn't perfect and putting on a strap, you know, when you spend that kind of money, you should really like everything. And yeah, they really got the bracelet perfectly. I mean, I think it, what slims down to 14 millimeters, the clasp. Is yeah. That right? So yeah. it goes from, from 20 millimeters between the lugs to 14. And at first I couldn't believe it. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it was like, must have been like 16 or something, but it's really 14. And, um, it doesn't look as as um, fragile as the original bracelet because, of course, that one had hollow links and uh, was also 14 millimeters. But the clasp of the new one is, uh, how do you say? It's a bit thicker. So it's 14 millimeter in, in, in width, but it's a bit thicker. So it has some substance. It is more solid. Mm -hmm. And I think that compensates a bit for the 14 millimeter um, um, width uh, without getting yeah, yeah clunky. Um, yeah, there's there's no doubt that this is gold, um, and I and I do like how older watches, you know, the gold tends to tends to bronze a little bit, but you know this this gold is a very different thing. It is definitely not white gold, but it is not the um, it's not the same kind of yellow gold that that you're used to. Um, so to me, and I mean, whether it were normal gold or this gold, I'm sure I would have liked it equally. But as a materials person, just the fact that they came up with a new alloy to to come out with uh, or come out on this watch, and then you know parts of the the steel version also kind of tickled my fancy. So I'm 
I think it was a tremendous release. You you heard, yeah, you, you heard a few comments from people about how it was a bit uncreative, but I just think that's, um, I think that's completely uh, wrong. And uh, if you go back to the original one, I mean, didn't, didn't we say they sold these until what, 1974 pretty much? Yeah, it, w- it went into uh, the, the, the sales uh, for a few years, uh, not as long as the one from 1980. In 1980, they did another uh, Apollo 11 limited in gold or numbered edition. What a, but it was not a limited. It was a numbered edition as well, like 300 pieces. Um, I have one of those, uh, just like a bird or a photography guy. And um, um, I think that one was introduced in 1980 and it was in the catalogs until 1988. So it also shows a bit how unpopular perhaps mechanical watches were, but also how unpopular gold was at the time. Um, But I think it mainly had to do with price at the time, because I think in the 80s, uh, the price of the gold, full gold Speedmaster was the same as a BMW 3 Series. <laughs> yeah. Well, perhaps the new one is that as well uh, uh, in some uh, countries. But as you know, I live in the Netherlands where we pay premium. So uh, there's no 3 Series for uh, 32,000 euros here, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it, uh, perhaps it was mainly the price. But it didn't sell that well in the 80s. And uh, from what I heard from the from the, the new gold one, um, the Apollo 11 50th anniversary, they have all been... Uh, 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 allocated or uh, as, as they say, uh, sell in. So they have been all allocated to boutiques and, and retailers. Um, that might that that could mean that they have not been uh, sold to or res- reserved by uh, by uh, uh, cl- end clients yet or customers. Um, so if you want one, you you could, yeah you should ask your uh, uh, favorite authorized dealer or boutique. Um, but yeah, I, I was surprised that all 1,014 of these watches, same number as the original one, that they have been all, uh, um, at least all sold to uh, boutiques and uh, and retailers. They were really yeah, keen on uh, on getting one, apparently, and they, they have the faith that uh, they will sell quickly to their uh, clients. Yeah, I think if you look at some of the some of the note or some of the things you see out there, you know, I don't know if it's Australia or a country that probably has a an allocation or something like that. Uh, people were remarking that they, they called and, and were not able to get one. So it's, it's pretty incredible for a thousand fourteen of these, um, to go so quickly. I mean, I think certainly based upon the watch itself, uh, it's hard to say that anything costing $30,000 that you're going to wear on your wrist is, is worthwhile or, um, but if I compare it to, a lot of other $30,000 watches that, that we take a look at or that I mentioned on This Week in Watches, um, it's pretty clear where I would spend my money and kind of already have committed to. So, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, same for me. I have to admit uh, a gold uh, Rolex Day-Date was already always high on my list, but uh, <laughs> with with uh, with the uh, order that I did for this watch, uh, I think, uh, I, yeah, I scratched off my, uh, my wish list, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I think this is it for me as a full gold watch. Um, I I might go for something else in the future in, in gold, but I think this is the yeah the one I really really uh, uh, fancy. Yeah, it's a bit of an that, uh, bit of an end game watch, I would say. For it's a bit of an end game watch. It doesn't mean uh, I don't want to buy another watch uh, anymore. I think after ordering this one, I bought two others already. Uh, just not gold, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's super nice. I'm looking forward to have my own. Um, I try to uh, to to get the same number all the time, which is number thirteen. Mm-hmm. 
and um, um, yeah, as it looks uh, as it looks right now, uh, it, that would be my will be my uh, my watch. Uh, it also brings me uh, a bit to the to the to the to the next thing we uh, we discussed in advance a bit to uh, yeah to to ask each other what your favorite watch would be, what would be really high on your list to to purchase at some point. Um, Perhaps you can start with yours, Mike. Yeah, so it's kind of funny. I mean, I I, I used to call this um, record store syndrome. You know, when uh, I was a teenager, you'd walk into well, I guess it was CDs already when I was when I was buying music uh, physically, and you know, I had a car. I'd drive up and I'd walk in, and there it was. You know, thousands upon thousands, and all of a sudden my mind goes blank and I can't think of what the heck to look for. And, um, that's kind of what it is when I think about watches that I would aspire to own one day that, yeah, I can't afford or, you know, clearly uh, wouldn't choose to eat uh, McDonald's for the next 12 months, um, in lieu of, uh, getting, getting one of these, but nonetheless, I did, I did come up with a couple and these are, I guess one is one that, um, yeah, I go look at pictures probably fairly frequently online just to kind of gaze at these things and wonder what if, but I really, really would love to have a blue dialed uh, Rolex Submariner 1680-8, the the original full gold Submariner. And that's a pretty audacious watch, I know, but there's just something about it. And I've mentioned it in, in some articles because I am, I, I am fortunate to own a couple gold Rolexes, um, that I came upon that were actually a pretty good deal, but, um, I like the way they're gold brasses over time. And it just, it looks really good on the skin, I think. And boy, those early blue dials with that, with that big acrylic crystal and, you know, the way that blue kind of radiates in the sun. And I know a lot of people go, go bonkers for those that turn purple. I don't, I don't really need to get into that, but that's, that's a watch I would, I would love to have. I mean, it just, it's, it strikes me as a watch that shouldn't exist. I mean, it, you know, even at that time, these types of watches were really used as, as tools and okay. Of course they were more expensive than, than other watches out there. So even Submariners at that time, there was some status behind it as well, but nothing like today. And a gold one just to, just much must have seen so decadent and it's not really why I want to own it, but I just think it's a great looking watch and yeah, but they're super expensive. So yeah, and probably they won't come down anytime soon. No, um, no. I'm afraid. <laughs> no. So, so, so um, yeah, I, I gave it a thought and um, I was a bit stuck between uh, two watches actually. Um, like you, a gold Rolex, not a day date, as I just said. Uh, the, I think that one is off the list. Uh, also, not a sub, but I wouldn't mind owning a vintage gold Rolex GMT Master with a bit of brown on the on the on the bezel. Mm. Um, I think, I, yeah, I love the combination of of, of that uh, that the brown with gold, and uh, I think it's just a, an amazing looking watch. Uh, I like the GMT Master uh, a lot as well. I had several. In the past, um, and at, at some point, I traded them again for for other watches that I fancied at that point. But I never owned a gold Rolex uh, myself. Um, 
but yeah, a gold uh, GMT master vintage one would be really neat. And the one I, I, I also, well, I mean, tinkering is, um, uh, something completely different. It's a dress watch and it's a lange und Söhne, a lange one uh-huh. in gold. And, uh, whether it's a yellow gold or white gold or rose gold, it's not really, uh, would not be really an issue. I just love that design of the watch and the size is good. And I like the layout of the dial and, um, I also have to say, and that that plays for me an important role when buying watches these days. And um, I need to like the people working at these brands. <laughs> I need to find them sympathetic. And that's, of course, as if you are a customer and you 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 buy a watch or you collect watches, and you don't have a direct relationship with these brands. You don't go to Basel. You don't publish about watches. I think it doesn't matter that much. Uh, perhaps you should you want to like the people at the boutique or retailer where you're buying watches from. Um, but for me being in the industry, I think it's a really plus when I like the people that are working for these brands. And I happen to like the, the, the people working for Lange und Söhne a lot. They're very sympathetic. They really have pride in what they do and, and, and the, the watches that they uh, produce. Um, the head of development is a, a Dutch guy, uh, also helps of course, but I think on, on the whole. <laughs> on a whole level at, at uh, uh, Lange und Söhne, they're very, just very nice pieces and they have a lot of pride in what they what they do and it shows. And what I also like about Lange und Söhne is that they just do very, very minor changes in their collections. So they, they it's not like they come up with totally new designs or all sorts of different colors every year. No, they, no, they just do minor changes, very marginal, and then they slowly release them at SIHH uh, in, in Geneva, and I can really respect that. You don't need to bring an entire new collection every year. Um, doesn't really make sense. I think it only makes sense because then a watch brand has a momentum where they can show new watches and where they have a momentum to bring their brand to the attention of the of their uh, target audience. But at Lange und Söhne, they do things really in a nice, well thought uh, way and manner. Um, which I really appreciate. So yeah, and uh, besides that, I the Langer one is beautiful, and their movements. Um, if you look at them, the most uh, I think most of yeah most of them are uh, are hand wound. If you look at these movements, it's it's like a three D vest. It's, it's it's super nice. It's like a feast for the eyes, and it's uh, yeah amazing piece of uh, horology. And uh, that that uh, yeah Langer would be really uh, high on my uh, wish list at some point, and. Uh, yeah, I, yeah I, I, can. I think that you, you, well, just a couple couple points there. I mean, talking about liking the people at the brand, and, and you're right. I mean, most people don't have that interaction, but um, boy, we meet, we really do meet all kinds in this industry, and it's probably no different than any other industry aside from the fact that this is, of course, a luxury product. So I think it carries with it a little bit of elitism at times, um, but yeah, agree with you about Lange. I mean, their designs, if I think about when they were first reintroduced, uh, I mean, I can remember it when when my dad was looking at them. And unfortunately, we don't, uh, he doesn't own one, I don't own one, but I, I do recall looking at them because they were really, of course, there was a lot of history there, uh, but history that was kind of unknown for a long time, or at least was absent for a long time. And when they came out, um, they were launched right and 
but it was really a kind of an upstart on the scene at a very high price. And as you mentioned, though, one look at uh, at the movement and really <clears throat> looking at the finishing, and they really are impressive. And they've stuck with that design ethos ever since they've really been reintroduced. So, yeah, yeah, and there's a there's a reason that uh, our photographer uh, Bert. Buisroge, he always gets really happy when Lange sends him a watch for <laughs> photography and, 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 and video these days. And um, they're just marvelous. They're so beautiful. So if you haven't been able to to see them in the flesh, please do so. Go to a, a point of sale and uh, and try one. Um, and let us know what you, what you think of them. And um, uh, you can get in touch with us uh, through email or send, send us a direct message on, uh, on Instagram, for example. Yeah. Um, and for this, I would like to uh, to yeah. With this, I would like to wrap up our uh, first episode of Fortello on air. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, hopefully we'll um, yeah we'll get a little bit looser going forward. I think we were uh, collectively a touch touch trepidatious going into this. So hopefully, this was was enjoyable for most people. And certainly, if you have any thoughts on on future topics, let us know. I mean, we've got a few that are kind of up our sleeve here for, for the next several. But if there's something you'd like to know more about, whether it's the industry, whether it's a certain watch that we've reviewed, a um, certain type of watch, whether whether it's a certain type of, uh, yeah, some recommendations on watches under a certain price points and, and, and why we like them, we're happy to get those types of suggestions and, and exactly. try to try to form an episode around it. So, well, great. Well, RJ, thanks. And um, with that, we'll, we'll sign off and we'll see you guys next time.